Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, friends, I don't know about you, but I am angry. Actually, I do know about you. Because last night we were talking about the fact that out of Atlanta, another uh, indictment would be coming uh, down on President Trump. And lo and behold, here we are, the other side, the tyrant Democrat Marxist. They don't know how to restrain themselves from fundamentally transforming America. Oh, didn't a Democrat politician say that one time, that that's what he wanted to do? Well, here we are, folks. Here we are. So we're going to talk about this tonight. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. This is Praying for America. We welcome you here tonight. As always, we're going to look at this. Here it is. I got it right in front of me here. Every single page of this is an insult to America. This is the, the indictment from the tyrannical, insane, fanatical, uh, uh, Fanny uh, Willis, we told her yesterday, you really want to go down in history like this? You really want to do Well, now it's too late. You did it. Okay? You did it. You're going to go down in history as an anti-American Marxist fanatic. This we're going to take a look at, friends, because this, this changes America, harms America. We're going to talk about how, and we've got to win the country back. We can win it back. But we have crossed the line completely now into a police state. We're going to explain exactly why. We're going to bring you the quotes right from this document. But first, the quotes from a much more important book, the Scriptures. Let's uh, go to Psalm 137. This is when the um, this is talking about the Israelites being in exile in Babylon, and really now that's how it feels in America. It's like we're in exile in a foreign country. This is a banana republic. It's a Marxist regime. It's, it's, it's a third world nonsense going on. And so we pray this psalm. Psalm 137. By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our lyres, for there our captors required of us songs and our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing to us one of the songs of Zion. But how shall we sing the song of the Lord? On alien soil. If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue cleave to my mouth. If I remember you not, if I prize not Jerusalem, above all my joys. Let us pray. Lord God, we have been led today into a foreign land. This is not the America that we know, that we remember that our founders gave us. And yet, we are sitting here today. Lord God, we too will not forget the works that you have done and the gifts that you have given. Rather, we will teach them to our children and to our children's children, and we will show them how to defend these gifts today, tomorrow, and always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, we've crossed over, friends. But we can bring the country back. We've got to bring it back in these elections. We've got to bring it back by waking up our fellow citizens as to what this means. So late last night. Oh, and what an embarrassment it was, right, for the other side. The indictment 
was posted on their website before it was finalized. Before the, the formal the finalization came, it was, it, was, it was put out there for the public. What a ridiculous, fumbling, bumbling uh, 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 action that was. And it goes to show how all this stuff is, look, you know, it's talking about a grand jury indictment. It's the prosecutor who's indicted. The grand jury's going to go along with them. This is always what happens. Remember, grand juries are one-sided processes. They're only hearing from the prosecution. That's it. They're not hearing any defense. And it only requires a simple majority. Of course, they're going to go with them. That's why you can indict a ham sandwich if you want. So indictment doesn't mean anything in terms of guilt or probability of guilt. But let's read what this this ridiculous document says. (sighs) Introduction. Defendant Donald John Trump lost the United States presidential election held on November 3rd, 2020. All right, that's the first buzzer that should go off. Newsflash. Lots of Americans disagree with that, including Mr. Trump himself. So here you have an indictment. An indictment, something that's talking about, okay, there's a likelihood here that some crime was committed. And you're starting off by saying something that tens of millions of Americans disagree with. And the very fact that they disagree with it, the very fact that they express their disagreement, has now been turned into a crime. That's the problem with this. It criminalizes political dissent. Let's just take a step back and understand something. Let me put this in as clear a way as I can for you. What this indictment is trying to say is that President Trump and his associates, because this this involves like 19 people, including the, the president, that he perpetrated a fraud. Now, that would mean that he didn't really believe that the election was fraudulent, but that he was fraudulently misleading others to think that. I can tell you, as can numerous others who have interacted with him directly, and anybody, for that matter, who just opens their eyes and reads and listens, knows full well this man has firmly believed and continues to believe that he did, in fact, win this election and that it was stolen. Now, what's the matter in America? You can't have that opinion anymore? So this is criminalizing political dissent, a political position, an opinion that you have and that you articulate. So there's a big difference here, and this is the crux of the matter, between somebody trying to perpetrate a fraud about a stolen election versus somebody sincerely believing something and trying to make the case and fix a stolen election. Those are two very different things. And if in America we don't have the right to do the second thing, then it's not America anymore. Everything mentioned in all these pages, and I'm going to cite some of these, quote, acts, things that President Trump said and did and said that should again, sound an alarm in your mind because we have freedom of speech here, that they think, that they say, oh, this is part of the conspiracy. Listen to this stuff. I go on with the introduction. One of the states he lost was Georgia. Oh, but it was in dispute, don't you know? Trump and the other defendants charged in this indictment refused to accept that Trump lost. Oh, hold on a second. Why is that a crime? 
They don't have the right to think that. They refuse to accept that Trump lost. They don't have a right to think that. They don't have the right to that position. You and I don't have a right to that position. It goes on. And they knowingly and willingly joined a conspiracy to unlawfully change the outcome of the election in favor of Trump. What's the difference between unlawfully trying to change the outcome and, on the other hand, lawfully challenging the outcome? In the United States of America, we don't have the right to challenge the outcome of an election anymore. The Democrats do it all the time. You didn't see what they... Georgia, state of Georgia, hello. You don't remember? The governor's race. Democrats do it all the time. They challenge the outcome of elections. Now, why don't they go to prison? Because they haven't done anything illegal in that respect. You have a right to challenge the outcome of an election. You have a right to disagree with the outcome of an election. You have a right to make your case if you believe it was stolen and to try to fix it. This is what's so outrageous about this. It doesn't matter, look, it doesn't matter here that we're saying if a person agrees or disagrees. We're not talking about, right now, making the case. We're talking about the right to have an opinion about it. This is, this is why this is so disturbing and why we need to be outraged and we need to be sounding the alarm and we need to be realize how what's coming out of Georgia here harms America, changes America. They go on to say that conspiracy contained a common plan and purpose to commit two or more acts of racketeering activity in Fulton County, Georgia, elsewhere in the state of Georgia and in other states. What a pile of garbage this is. Listen to what they say, some of the, the actions that they're saying were so, so bad because they were part of a conspiracy on the part of President Trump. Listen to this. Act one, on or about the fourth day of November 2020, Donald John Trump made a nationally televised speech falsely declaring victory in the 2020 presidential election. Hey, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, of course he made a speech. And yes, he declared victory, as he did many times thereafter. And you might think he was completely wrong. Under the First Amendment, however, you have the right to express a wrong opinion. See, that's the point. The First Amendment doesn't distinguish true and false ideas. See, that's what we've got to get through our heads. This is part of understanding America. We've got to make our children and grandchildren understand this. The First Amendment doesn't know anything about true or false ideas. It gives you the right to speak your ideas. So they say, oh, well, he falsely... Yeah, but whenever it was false, that's your opinion. It's not his opinion. So what are you saying here? What, what exactly are they trying to say here? That if we, the governing class, think an idea is false, you, therefore, have committed a crime if you express the opposite idea. You see how this is in America anymore? Donald John Trump made a nationally televised speech falsely declaring victory in the 2020 presidential election approximately four days earlier, on or about October 31st. He discussed a draft speech with unindicted co-conspirator individual one that falsely declared victory and falsely claimed voter fraud. Wait a minute. If he thought that there was voter fraud, and there's all kinds of evidence that there was, you mean to say he doesn't have a right to bring that to people's attention and try to fix it? 
Again, is this America or is it not? The speech was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. Now, you think we're exaggerating when we're saying they're criminalizing speech? They're criminalizing thought? Listen to act number two. On or about the 15th day of November, Rudolph William Louis Giuliani placed a telephone call, left an approximately 83-second long voicemail message, making statements concerning fraud in the November election. <laughs> Somebody makes a phone call and expresses their opinion. Is this America or is this communist China? Oh, this is, friends, this is bad. This is really bad. Let me jump ahead to act number 22. On or about the third day of December 2020, Donald John Trump caused to be tweeted from the Twitter account at real Donald Trump, quote, Georgia hearings now on OANN, One American News Network. Amazing. So now <laughs> a tweet. Telling people across the nation that a nationwide broadcast was happening is part of a conspiracy? He sends out a tweet about a broadcast happening at that very moment. Oh, my goodness. What in the world are we dealing with here? He's telling people that, that, that something's on TV. And now this is an act in an indictment? What in the world? Where? What have we come to here? Let me go to one more here, Act 100. On or about the 30th day of December 2020, Donald John Trump caused to be tweeted from the Twitter account at Real Donald Trump. Quote, hearings from Atlanta on the Georgia election overturn are now being broadcast. Check it out at OAN, Newsmax, and many more. Once again, it's wrong to have an opinion. It's wrong to express the opinion. It's wrong to try to change a wrong that you sincerely believe happened. It's wrong to tell people that there's a media broadcast happening. Whoa. Oh, this is bad stuff. Friends, Fannie Willis in Atlanta ought to be focusing on the record number of murders happening in Atlanta on the crap going on there like in these other Democrat-run cities, pay attention to your own city instead of trying to criminalize thought and speech that are protected by the First Amendment of the Constitution. You know, you see how the other side, you see what the other side is trying to do? They want President Trump in jail because they know they can't beat him at the ballot box. They're not going to be able to beat him at the ballot box anyway because you can still constitutionally run for president even if you're in jail. And believe me, the Trump followers are going to vote for him no matter what, myself included, because this is all garbage. But the fact of the matter is they're trying to set this up. They want so much to make that happen that they set you up for failure. They set you up to failure. They cheat in an election, and then they close off the opportunity for this to be litigated in public. Why? Because they get judges who don't even want to hear the evidence. They get big tech companies to censor certain kinds of speech, and they make the American people, therefore, so frustrated that then it leads to something like January 6th, which President Trump did not in any way encourage or condone violence of any kind, 
That was a small, small, small minority percentage of the crowd that gathered there peacefully and patriotically, which are the exact words that President Trump used. But the other side, the other side created that pressure cooker and then add insult to injury, punish excessively and unconstitutionally in many ways the people who were there on January 6th and then have a sham committee, one-sided committee in Congress, no evidence or witnesses or testimony in favor of President Trump on that whole January 6th committee uh, 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 televised uh, uh, circus and then make a, make a federal case out of it and try now in the indictment this is the other indictment from Jack Smith, the third one about January 6th, trying to get him to keep quiet about that too and create a situation where you're going to put so many unreasonable restrictions that eventually he's going to say something to somebody and you're going to say, oh, you see, now you should go to jail. They're trying, they're setting up people for failure so that they can get their political objective Accomplish, and you notice how they've planned this out. That this is this is coming from the state of Georgia. This isn't coming from the federal level. This indictment, and so many are saying, "Well, you know, President Trump, if he gets elected, he can pardon himself, or a favorable Republican who gets elected could pardon him." But then they're saying, "Well, those pardons from the presidential level do not apply to state level convictions." Now, there's an argument to be made, however, about the supremacy clause, and I've heard some make that, that uh, yes, indeed, this could be covered by the supremacy clause with a, a pardon. But you see how the other side is doing this so deliberately that they've thought all this through, even to the point of saying, well, you know, these are federal, uh, federal uh, these are state matters rather than federal matters. Look, here's the other thing that the other side is now is now trying to to do. This is President Trump keeps using the phrase election interference. Let me unpack for you another angle of that. The man is campaigning for president. That is a full-time commitment. That is a commitment that requires every ounce of every energy every day. And he's in the midst of that right now. But his legal team now, you're 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 getting all these indictments being um being thrown at you at once from all different directions, they are required, sometimes on very unrealistic timetables, to go through millions of documents, not, not hundreds, not thousands, not hundreds of thousands, but millions of documents, hours and hours of video footage, preparing arguments, preparing testimony, these things are going to go to trial. And then just when you look at the, the possible timetable of the trials, and, and it's not just these indictments, it's also the civil suits that have brought, been brought against the Trump organization and whatnot. Here's somewhat of a timeline here. The uh, October, beginning of October, October 2nd to be exact, the civil fraud suit is heard against the Trump organization. Now, possibly at the beginning of January, you see what Jack Smith is trying to do. They want to try to get a conviction before President Trump clinches the nomination, which he's going to, to do. By March 5th is my prediction. By Super Tuesday, March 5th, he's the Republican nominee. 
So that's why Jack Smith is trying to get, let's get the trial in, in uh, January 2nd, he said at first. Now there's different motions that can be, this would be the trial in relation to January 6th. Different motions can be put forward by the attorneys as if you've been involved in any kind of court proceedings yourself, you know how that, how that works. And so this could be pushed later. But nevertheless, what they're aiming for is beginning of January to have that trial. Now, January 15th is the Iowa caucus. It's also another civil defamation lawsuit being heard that very same day in the E. Jean Carroll uh, case. And then January 29th, yet another one, a class action suit, the pyramid scheme. March 5th is Super Tuesday. Then you've got the two big trials, one of them coming out of New York with the Alvin Bragg garbage. And then May 20th, uh, the classified documents trial. Okay, that's the, so you've got the four indictments, New York, the classified documents, the January 6th, and now this latest one from the disgraced and forever to be disgraced Fanny uh, Willis there in Atlanta. Pay attention to the murders, Fanny, not to, not to, not to an innocent uh, uh, man who was the greatest president of your lifetime, although unfortunately you missed it. Isn't that, see, I've, t I've talked about this so many times. Isn't it sad how some of these people, how they miss it? They miss the greatest president of all time. I'm going to come back to this in just a second. What I want to point out to you here is you see what they're trying to do. Understand the strategy. Distract, distract and dilute the efforts and the money, the money going into legal fees, dilute the attention, the time. Instead of this man going out there having rallies, campaigning, being hitting the road, getting the voters, motivating the voters, winning the primary, instead of have him sitting in a courtroom every day from morning to night, have him meeting with his attorneys every day that they got to come up with arguments and finalize witnesses and documents and everything and respond to all kinds of inquiries. That's the strategy. They know, the other side knows this is legal garbage. Not a single thing was done wrong here by President Trump or any of these other uh, so-called co-conspirators. Nothing. There's no crime. There's no, the law doesn't apply here. It doesn't apply to free speech, brothers and sisters. You can say all you want about election fraud. It doesn't, it, it, this thing, and you know what? They know it's garbage. And here's what else they know. The venues in which they're doing this are all heavily anti-Trump areas. Washington, D.C. is not going to get a fair trial. These trials are not going to be fair. They will convict him. Where will he win? On appeal. But appeals take a long time. You know where this is eventually going to end up? In the U.S. Supreme Court. No, there's no question about it. In fact, I think, and many commentators have also said, there should be an emergency intervention at the Supreme Court level right now to say, get the courts out of our elections. That's the message right there. Get the judiciary out of our elections. This has never happened before in American history. The judiciary, these biased judges, judges you got some real lunatics here at work. Biased juries, again, you're talking about heavily Democrat areas. You're talking about Washington, D.C. You're talking about Atlanta, Georgia. Democrat cesspools they are. You're not going to get a fair hearing. So here's what the other side is bargaining on. They know that this is legal crap, but they know that on the local level where the trial is going to be, that they're going to have 
so much bias that it's not going to be fair and you're going to be able to convict them. Now, they also would admit that if you look at the appeals going up to the circuit level and ultimately to the Supreme Court, he's likely to be vindicated. This stuff, they're going to laugh this stuff out of court. But then, it's, but that's going to, by the time all that happens, it'll be after the election. See, that's the point. What Jack Smith and Fannie Willis, and Alvin Bragg, what they want to do, they want to get convictions before the election so that the voters are... Some, some voters in the general election, I'm not talking about the Republican base. I think the Republican base, like I said, by March 5th, he's going to have. He's going to have, he's likely to have the Republican nomination wrapped up before the first of these trials dealing with these, these four indictments. Because right now, unless they, unless they keep a January date for the January 6th stuff, the first trial doesn't start until March 25th, 20 days after Super Tuesday. But what the other side is banking on is, let's get a conviction. And then even if we lose on appeal, that'll be after the election. That's not the point. Because this is all about election interference, just like President Trump said. You see how this all pans out? It says, let's get voters, again, not in the Republican primary, the general voters. Let's get enough voters to say, oh, I'm, oh I don't want to vote for a convicted felon. That's what they're bargaining on, that, that some people's support for President Trump would be soft. That's why you and I, we've got to strengthen that support. And that's why I want to go to a special video clip. I've shown it before on this show. I never get tired of watching it. I hope you never get tired of watching it either. It is about the great accomplishments. Last night I had with me some books, right? The Letters to Trump, Our Journey Together, ProLifePresident.com. Remind yourself every day, remind yourself over and over the great accomplishments of the Trump administration. He should be honored, not prosecuted. He should be given awards, not given indictments. You talk about char you want to talk about acts? Act Act 99, Act 100, Act 120. You want to talk about acts of President Trump and his team? Look at the accomplishments. I want to show you a video that reminds us of all of that. This is a powerful, beautiful video. And this is what we've got to focus the minds and hearts of the voters on. What you're about to see now, this is the antidote, brothers and sisters, to all this garbage. Let's take a look at the Trump video. It's one of the great American success stories. A builder who left his mark on skylines around the world. A businessman with an extraordinary ability to communicate directly with the American people. A leader who grew tired of politicians, leading our country down a road to ruin. He didn't do it for money or power or fame. He had all that. He did it because of his love for our great country. And we will make America great again. Donald J. Trump beat the odds, smashed the establishment, and won the presidency for the American people. Donald Trump has defeated Hillary Clinton to become president-elect. Hillary. Clinton has called Donald Trump to concede the race. It has been a stunning night. It has been a historic night. Washington, D.C., the establishment is terrified, and they should be. They were all, all of them wrong, making this one of the greatest upsets in American political history. Immediately upon taking office, President Trump changed things. But change threatened the establishment, and the establishment fought back. Democrat obstruction, phony investigations, the dishonest media, an incredible 92% of stories are negative. No president has seen anything like it. 
Despite everything they threw at him, President Trump delivered for the American people, and he delivered like never before. Building the strongest economy in American history, seven million new jobs, the lowest ever unemployment for black and Hispanic Americans, ending the Biden era of lopsided trade deals that sent our factories overseas, passing the historic USMCA, taking on China, winning the trade war, protecting and strengthening Medicare and Social Security, lowering the cost of insulin, delivering the first real drop in drug prices in 50 years, restoring our military, fixing the VA, bringing our troops home, and taking the world's deadliest terrorists off the battlefield. Soleimani, al-Baghdadi, ISIS, brought to justice. Moving America's embassy to Jerusalem, a new era of strength and solidarity with our ally Israel. Negotiating a historic peace deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Securing our border. Miles of new border wall being built. Illegal immigration dropped to the lowest point in a decade. Tackling the coronavirus head on. Banning travel from China. Mobilizing government, business, and the American people to manufacture masks, ventilators, and medical supplies. And launching Operation Warp Speed an unprecedented effort to develop a vaccine to eradicate the coronavirus from the face of the earth in record time. President Trump has accomplished more for the American people in four years than any other president in history. And in his second term, he will lead America to even greater heights, draining the swamp, rebuilding the economy, bringing back millions of jobs, creating 10 million new jobs in 10 months. New opportunities for all Americans, not just those at the top. Lowering drug costs, expanding access to high-quality health care for every American family, defending America's police, restoring law and order to our cities, stopping illegal immigration and protecting American families, and ending America's reliance on China once and for all bringing back jobs and factories, making medicine and products in America again. President Trump will rebuild America's infrastructure, renew hope and our entrepreneurial spirit for a new generation, and restore the American dream. It won't be easy, never pretty. The swamp will continue to fight him every step of the way. But under President Trump, our families will thrive, our incomes will rise, our communities will be kept safe. Our factories will flourish. Our flag will fly high. Our country will soar. And we will make America great again. And that is why he is not backing down in the midst of all this garbage, and neither should we. That is why he's not being silent in the midst of all this, and neither must we. That is why he will endure all this, because it's for those accomplishments. It's for the American people. Remember, he doesn't have to be enduring any of this, and if he weren't running for president, he wouldn't be enduring any of this, but he's willing to endure it again. As you saw in that great ad, the swamp will fight back. They're fighting back through Fannie Willis and uh, disgrace. You, you, you did it, Fannie. Rest of your life, rest of your life, history books, you're disgraced. So are you, Alvin Bragg. So are you, Jack Smith. You're a bunch of disgraces. And, and, and yet, 
these people, they fight against him, and he's willing to endure it all over again. He knows what he went through the first four years. He knows what he went through in the intervening years. He knows what he went through before, during the, during the election, ever since he came down the escalator. He already had fame. He already had fortune. He already got a great life. He has a great family. What more did he want? What more did he need? I'll tell you what he wanted. He wanted to fix America. And we need somebody to fix America right now. And he's able and willing to do it again. Simple as that. And the other side is so afraid of that because they know he will drain the swamp. Remember, this is the only candidate that can only have one more term. This is important, important uh, calculus here. I mean, I personally, I think the primary has been decided already. But, you know, the primary still goes on. Some people might have other candidates that they prefer, and we respect that. But consider this. President Trump is the only candidate who can only have one term. And it's not a negative, that's a positive. First of all, he only needs one term to set things straight. And secondly, it means he's not looking, not that this would impact him anyway, the way it impacts others, but he doesn't have to worry about re-election. He can go full force without having to worry about anybody or anything. This is what we need to fix America at this point. All right, friends. Well, we're out of time, but share that ad. Isn't that great? I never get tired of watching that. Share that ad. That's what it's about. Keep people focused here, focused on these great and tremendous accomplishments for which this man should be honored. Shouldn't be in any courtroom. You shouldn't, certainly shouldn't be in prison. My goodness. Somebody does these kind of things for America, you want to put him in prison? That just shows the utter disgraceful corruption. Of these, de of these Democrat leaders and partisans. Unbelievable. So let's go back to prayer. Father, we, we put everybody in your hands. Lord God, we ask uh, that you take uh, off the scene and away from the levers of any kind of judicial or political power all of these, these enemies of America. Because it's not just about President Trump personally. It's about us. It's about, it's about our freedom. It's about our values. It's about America itself. And Lord, take these people away from the level, levers of power. Inspire your voters to act in a decisive way on behalf of this country, on behalf of the First Amendment, on behalf of life, on behalf of all that we hold to be good. Let the voters be decisive. Let us take action now. Let us be awake and alert. Let us realize this is an emergency. Let us take, Lord God, those united steps in order to shake this nation up back to its foundations, back to its roots, and preserve our Constitution against those who are obviously destroying it. And we pray now for these and for all our intentions in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Friends, connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone, on all the major platforms, at FR Frank Pavone. Let's continue in prayer and work, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Priests for Life saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. 
To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.